When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real. My name is Michael E. Collin II, and with me via Facebook Messenger <laughs> is my co-host, the with the mostest, the co-hostest with the mostest. What's your name? F.U. Lowenbrow Pass. Lowenbrow. <clears throat> Yeah, like beer company, like the beer. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get them to to sponsor me. Okay, are they still around? Yeah, the barely. We're barely. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Barely. <clears throat> so <laughs> today we decided to uh, take a break from our uh, normal direct video sequel. Uh, you know, journey, and I uh, decided to uh, do a direct to TV <laughs> pilot sequel sort of thing. So uh, back in uh, 1995, some geniuses at Touchstone Pictures <laughs> and ABC decided that they would greenlight a pilot based on the. 1994 debut film of Kevin Smith, Clerks. And uh, all they made was a pilot because it didn't get picked up by ABC. It was passed on, thank God, because who knows where the world of uh, the Viewisk universe would have gone if this would have been popular. <laughs> um, yes, like I said, it was filmed in 1995. It has none of the original actors in the movie. I mean, in the, in, not in the movie, in the uh, TV show. It was, uh, yeah. They recast the roles of Dante and Randall with, um, let me look up these actors' names really quick. Andrew Lowry. Jim Brewer. Andrew Lowry played uh, Dante Hicks. And then, yeah, Jim Brewer, who we know from Saturday Night Live and Half-Baked and stand-up comedy and other things, was cast as Randall Graves. Oh. So, you know. We did not have the brilliance of Brian O'Hallorhan or uh, Jeff Anderson. Nope. Nope. <clears throat> nope. And we'll stand that. Yeah. 
Jim Brewer acting at maybe 10% of his potential, which just made it fall flat and yeah. weird. And, and, and no, no offense to any of the actors involved in this project. They were just mm-hmm. looking for a paycheck, you know? Yeah. You can't, you know, you can't blame them. Um, gone are Jay and Silent Bob and all the cool customers that we had in the original movie. Replaced with a ice cream guy named Todd, played by hey. Rick Gomez. Um, we also had um, a guy named Ray instead of Jay from Silent Bob, played by Bodie Elfman, a.k.a. husband to Dharma, and um, <laughs> Jenna Elfman, and um, I believe brother to Danny Elfman. So, um, the film composer. Um, played a character named Jay who just, like, was a shoplifter instead of a couple of drug dealers outside because I think there was some legal reasons for this. I'm not 100% sure, but I remember hearing something from uh, Kevin Smith where he owned the rights to the characters of Jay and Silent Bob, but not the rights to the other characters. So they could not use them. So they basically created these other two characters to kind of replace them in a way. And uh, we also have the character of Veronica reappearing, this time played by Noelle Parker instead of Marilyn, Marilyn Gigalotti. We also have a very young Carrie Russell in this film, in this, in this uh, the, the TV pilot, playing a character who is named Sandra, who works at a tanning salon in the complex where the, I, I'm assuming Quick Stop, I don't know if they ever say Quick Stop in this. No. Exists. Yeah. <laughs> Do they call it anything, or is it or is it just assumed that it's the quick stop? No, it doesn't. It doesn't even look like the quick stop. Like it's a completely different plaza. And yeah, but I'm just saying, are we supposed to assume that this is a quick stop, or do they do they ever give a name and call it like you know the no carry out? They just say the store. I mean, like you still got the the movie rental place right next door and that kind of thing. Yeah. But <clears throat> they may have had legal reasons too with that, based upon the owners of those buildings. You know. Yeah, because Quick Stop and RST Video were real, were slash are real locations, you know. So um, yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin Smith obviously had no involvement in this whatsoever. <laughs> this was uh, basically a you know watered down PG version of the of the film, and uh-huh. uh, made to appeal to you know the television demographic uh-huh. of ABC. I mean, if you wanted to do a series based on Clerks, the, the at this time, I think it should have been on like HBO or Showtime. Yeah, that's my feeling on it. Um, what are your feelings here, Matt? On after seeing this, <clears throat> I just I think it's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life, I, and that's that's up there with like the Larry the Cable Guy movies, like Tooth Fairy Two and <clears throat> Jingle All the Way to. Um, <clears throat> It just wasn't funny at all. I mean, it was every joke fell flat on his ass, and it it almost like felt like the characters were like like the actors were like making fun of the show that they were on, like they knew how terrible it was. Like, could like like almost having this little smirk, like what I said. It could have been that that's what they were doing. Like Jim Brewer, especially, it's almost like he was making fun of the fact that he was playing like this extremely watered down you know version of, of Randall and it's interesting because 1995 okay because I just recently watched um the documentary about the, the Dana Carvey show and this seems to be 
a year where ABC just made a lot of weird mistakes about like what they thought a show either would be like in the case of Dana Carvey's show where they thought it's like, oh, we're just going to do Church Lady and it's going to be great for us type of thing. Instead, you know, they get this really weird sketch comedy show that's like decades ahead of its time. And But then on the flip side with Clerks, they're like, okay, well, we know what the real Clerks is, but we're going to just completely make our own shitty version of it. Like, <clears throat> yeah, it's, um, and, but luckily at least this didn't air. Right, yeah, that didn't even make it. To... Yeah, I mean, the, the pilot resurfaced uh, probably about five or six years ago online. Um, I will uh, I will link it in the show notes, too, so if you want to watch it and uh, before you listen to uh, this, our, our review, the rest of our review, or if you, uh, you know, just want to watch it anyways. I mean, I <laughs> warn, warn you, it's pretty bad. Um, yeah. The, uh, yeah, um... You want to take a quick break here, Matt, and then we'll come back and talk more about it, like some trivia and some other things? Sure. Okay, we'll be right back, folks. And we are back, folks. Welcome to The Quiet Storm with Matt and Mike. Hmm. The Quiet Storm. Yeah. I like oh, that. Wait, that's not what we're doing, right? No, we're not doing New Age stuff right now. Oh. I was about to play the, <laughs> la- the latest from Enya. And, uh, not that yet. Oh. Okay. No, that's, that's a different podcast. Oh, uh, okay. Quiet Storm. Quiet Storm. Where we review my favorite New Age albums. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hear that keyboard drone? Oh, man. That's a good one right there. Aramon? I heard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways. um, So, back to the Clerks unaired TV pilot. Um, First off, uh, like we said, different. Different cast. Um, this was directed by Michael Lesek, uh, written by Richard Day, based on characters created by Kevin Smith. Um, Michael Lesek, I don't know if I'm saying that right. L-E-S-S-A-C. So, I think I'm pronouncing Michael right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> not sure anybody knows how to pronounce the name Michael. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it looks like he just directed a bunch of sitcoms. So... Like the Tony Danza show, Everybody Loves Raymond, George and Leo, The Naked Truth, Grace Under Fire, Drew Carey Show, Jackie Thomas Show, Newhart, um, and on and on and on. Taxi. So he he goes back quite a while. So instead of having yeah. instead of having somebody with a not the, no offense to to this Michael Lessick guy, instead of having a young person with a fresh, you know, point of view like Kevin Smith was. We're going to get a guy who directed Taxi, like, <laughs> 20 years after the show went off the air. <laughs> well, not, not 20 years, but, you know, like, 15 years after the show went off the air. You know, it's like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That just seems... A it's just, it's just, the whole format was just, like, your really, like, typical sitcom, like, with a laugh track and everything, and <laughs> just, like, was nothing like Clerks. I mean, the whole point of Clerks... You know the reason why the reason why people like it, love it, or hate the movie is because it's so weird. Where like and, and realistic, like, the, at, at the time it was one of the most realistic movies because it was basically just like, oh, we put a camera in this carry out. Sure, they spoke kind of flowerly in Kevin Smith language, but it was basically just two dudes hanging out in a carry out. You know, it's basically <clears throat> what it was. It was a slice of life sort of thing. Yeah, like real conversations that like you would have, you know, if you spent like an entire day with someone, 
you know, you just start having really stupid conversations like about Star Wars and stuff like that. Not licking an ice cream cone and going, let the goddess speak, laugh track. No, no one talks like that ever. So, yeah, um, unless you're living in the TV show, which then, you know, that's just its own type, you know, can of worms right there. I've, you know, or like, I'm melting or whatever the fuck was going on. And I've read a couple of reviews where they say that this looks like it was an episode of Saved by the Bell. It might as well have been as corny. I mean, yeah. like, like, okay, so like, the thing I'm talking about, like the whole like, actors like knowing how stupid it was and like almost making fun of the show that they're in. Like when Dante's talking to the, I forgot her name, but the, the one who works in the tanning salon. Sandra, um, played by Carrie. Sandra. And yeah, and 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 he's like, you don't, you seem like you you're health conscious person, but how come you 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 tan yourself all the time or whatever? And there's tanning booze or whatever. And she's like, oh, don't tell me you're one of those people that believes that tanning causes cancer. And he's like, you mean like a spark person? Like even had like does this little head jerk like like oh yeah, I got you good there. I'm like oh my god, it's like embarrassing to watch. Like. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know if it's actually been proven that I'm not sure. Does tan, do tanning beds cause cancer or just the sun? I don't remember. That's it, what I'm wondering too. Because it could be if you do too much of it. I don't know. But yeah. And then and then she's like, well, "What does cause cancer? Stick lotion." And then that's when Jim Brewer's uh, Randall's like, "Oh, lotion doesn't do anything." Then he like touches his face and like, "Oh my god, I'm melting!" And I'm like, "Oh my god!" It's just like I'm like I feel bad. Like, for the fact that, like, he had to do that, that, like, the director, like, made him do that for Bunny. Like, it just felt so, like, like, I felt like I'm watching, like, exploitation, like, right now, like, you know, and, um, you know, so I'm glad that he got out of that and became famous and, and made money because that just made me sad. That, like, like, yeah. it, it, almost, it almost looked like he was making fun of the fact that, like, like, you ever seen Ninja Turtles 3? Yeah. The movie? Yeah. Okay, well, there's, there's a scene near the end of the movie where, like, the, they say something, like, it makes no sense whatsoever. It was just, like, they were just, like, name-dropping, like, current movies that were popular at that time that, like, the audience would learn about just so that then that would, like, plant the idea of the audience, like, oh, I better go see that movie now because I had nothing to do with like okay so like the bad guy in Turtles three shows up and then like the turtles are like uh what were you what were you expecting uh like the Adams family and it's like why would he be expecting the Adams family he doesn't know what the Adams family is because this takes place in the year twelve hundred A D. What? Like, and, and like, they kind of like, it's like, we're nuts. Like, <laughs> it's almost like they're like making fun of the fact of how shitty stupid the line is. Anyway, I, I have a theory. I'm not I have a theory that that's where the uh, writers of Big Bang Theory got their idea to just drop po cop <laughs> popular cultural references in their show and then yeah. think it's funny. It's like, it's like, da 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 da, Thundercats, da 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 da, Transformers, ha ha ha, that's funny. No, it's not. It's like, <laughs> why is it funny? You're just, you're just mentioning books, like, I mean, it's like me, like, a Phantom Terrorist, Dodge Neon, oh, you got him good. Why, he's naming cars, like, what? Rick, you don't get it, buddy. Rick Ocasek, oh wait, we're not naming those cars. 
Oh, wait. Sorry. Yeah, maybe, maybe they pop it. Maybe they're going to get the idea from that. Anyway, I'm kind of going off here, but just that's what it kind of reminded me of. Like, you know, like they were just making fun of the fact that they had to do this for money. It was so terrible. Not only that, the plot. Okay, so Clerks 1 and Clerks 2, you know, there's. It, it's very low stakes, but like they they take it so serious, and it and it just it leads to like a whole like terrible problem, and that's that's what makes it funny. And this, it's like, oh, Dante has to serve a customer that was he went to high school with, and the guys, you know, gotta be rich a rich lawyer now, and he feels. You know, in inadequate because he works at the quick stop, which is like, which is really funny because um, I, I'm not I'm not saying not giving this this show any props at all. But there was a similar character played by Jason Lee in Clerks to the movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's just kind of weird. There was a similar like subplot there about the how he felt inadequate. Dante felt inadequate. And same thing, too. I mean, but it also was basically kind of the Rick Darris sort of character too, where you feel inadequate because, you know, because in, in, um, in the movie, uh, movie, the movie, uh, clerks, um, the original, like Rick Darris comes in and he can, you know, he's a, he works out at the gym and, you know, he can, uh, lift stuff and everything. Ernie O'Donnell's character. And if you have not heard, if you have not heard our interview with Ernie O'Donnell, please, uh, look that up in the news, in the, not the news, (laughs) but in the, in the podcast platform you're listening to right now, it's a great interview with Ernie O'Donnell. Hopefully, we're going to have him on again soon sometime. But uh, yeah, the uh, yeah, I think it was kind of like trying to be like that type of character, but in, and, but yeah. instead of you know, it's just something to make. I know what they were going for, but it's just really just kind of weird. Um, I'm wondering what else the the writer of this, Richard Day, what else he's written. Let's see here, really mm-hmm. quick. He was a younger guy then, it looks like, too, so... But he's, uh... He was a producer on Arrested Development. Yeah. He was a producer on... He, he's a, he was a producer on Mad About You. Um, producer on The Larry Sanders Show. So some good things here. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's see what he's written, though. He wrote, like, five episodes of Arrested Development. Um, seeing if anything else. Wrote an episode of Spin City, Larry Sanders Show, Mad About... A bunch of Mad About You. A bunch of the, uh... Ellen TV series that she did, uh, the Ellen DeGeneres thing, wrote an episode of Dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> we recently talked to Stuart Pankin from that. Um, so this guy's actually a, seems like a decent writer. So, yeah, but but yeah, the, this this episode is just so formulaic. I mean, I almost recommend people watching it just to kind of get an idea of how a sitcom is so blandly written back in the nineties. Because a lot of sitcoms were blandly written like this. Yeah. Because it, it, they just, a lot of times sitcoms are something that you come home at the end of the day, you don't want to think too much after your long day at work or whatever. And I think that's what they, a lot of people were going for back in, especially in the 80s and 90s, where it's just like, you know, come home from the factory or the Walmart or whatever, and you, you know, just want to relax and not think. So you don't want something too complicated or too dense for you to watch, and that explains why the Big Bang Theory was on for eleven years. And um, <laughs> and it also explains why Friends was on for so long, even though I do like that show. It also explains mm-hmm. why 
How I Met Your Mother was on for so long. A lot of these shows, they're 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 well written. There are there are dense aspects, and there are ways to make them better. But you know, because I think the writing on like How I Met Your Mother is a lot better than the writing on this pilot or Big Bang Theory. But yeah, but a lot of those like three camera setup sitcoms with the laugh track and everything are pretty bland now. It's because it, they they look antiquated and old compared to like watching something like The Office or Parks and Rec or 30 Rock or AP Bio or Superstore or stuff like that that's all like single camera, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And I don't know if people know the difference between single camera and three camera setup. Three camera setup is the classic sitcom like I Love Lucy where you have a you, you have close-ups and, and a wide. You have like three cameras, basically a wide shot, close-up on one actor, close-up on the other. Sometimes it's a four or five camera setup depending on how many people you have on set. But a single handheld, you know, not handheld, but a single camera thing is something like Malcolm in the Middle or, you know, The Office or stuff like that where it's just one camera. <clears throat> Feels more like a movie. Yeah. So that's just a little bit of information that um, probably is boring some of our fans out there. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm sorry. We're sorry. I'm wearing a sorry. <laughs> oh, wait. Anyways, um, so... <laughs> I'm in a weird mood, Matt. Anyways, um, the uh, so what's the basic plot here, Matt? All right, so basically, it's like a combination of the movie where you know Dante's girlfriend's like wants him to think more about like what he wants to do, you know, with his life, kind of like you know in the first in, in the movie, and um, he's like making out these stupid wisecracks, like <laughs> I don't even remember because they're so stupid, but. Anyway, so after he meets this guy, Cliff, who's, he's like, uh, gonna go move to New York and become a big time lawyer. And Dante's still mad at him from high school because when they were in high school, they would used to paint, like, spray paint the town tower, like, water tower. And, like, I guess the cops came and then that Cliff guy, I told on him and said that he just went up there to kind of talk him down. And he's he's trying to like you know get his girlfriend to like see that you know this guy's not really a good guy or whatever. So he finds out that Cliff is like throwing like a like a party for like his last you know night in town or whatever, and convinces him, "Oh, let's let's go paint the tower like we used to in high school." And he's like, "Oh, that's kind of a good idea, but maybe we could do this." Like, no, Cliff says, "Let's go paint the tower." So everyone's like, "Yeah." Down. Like this is like what everyone thinks is fun. They're like get get you know, they're not in high school anymore. They're like in their twenties at this point. They're like, yeah, great the tower. Woo! So like, you know, eighty people basically from the party show up to watch the two guys spray paint the town's water tower because that's what they think is fun there, I guess. And and then all lo and behold the cops came again and Cliff then, you know, rants out Dante for the second time and he, he proves that, you know, he was right about him. That it's like, why do you, what's like, this is what your pilot's about is some random tertiary character that shows up midway through the episode, whatever. And, um, <laughs> but that was pretty much the plot right there. And that was the freaking plot was I got approved to my girlfriend, this guy who's going to leave town in one day. Is a bad guy. Don't trust him. 
you're never going to see him again anyway, but I need you to not trust him for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, it's it, it lacked it lacked the heart and the I don't know, the 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 innovation of the original movie. It like there was in the in the movie, we had all those like crazy characters like the guy who was counting eggs or I mean or in checking eggs in the, you know, that Walt Flanagan played. Um and uh, you know, you, and 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 you had like a in 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 an hour and a half movie, you had different things happen that made more sense than this half hour TV show could do. And yeah. uh like I don't know the the whole playing hockey on the roof and everything. It was like, you know, it just it felt real because it was real. It was based on Kevin's life, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, cuz he worked at the quick stop when he wrote it. He, you know, you know, the he he put people in there that he knew, you know, that most of the cast were his friends. It just felt like a real almost like a documentary in a way, not really, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was but this just felt <clears throat> so freaking formulaic and boring like i knew what was going to happen every minute before it happened yeah it was just it's just bizarre that they even thought to do i mean i understand some things like watering down something a little bit but like it's like it's almost like you're taking like a straight up like pornographic film and then you're gonna make a tv show version of it and it's like yeah it, 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 like complete i mean i'm not comparing close oh, to porn but I, I, I know like, what you mean because because yeah clerks would clerks had to fight to get an r rating it was going to be an nc-17 rated movie yeah because of the language and i mean it, it had more f words in it per minute than like any other movie at that time um maybe maybe you know pulp fiction or something had more but it was like one of you yeah. know one of the most at that time and uh to take that not, not that i'm saying that you have to have bad words for something to feel real because, I mean, you know, I've felt realness in something as stupid as Dawson's Creek, but, you know, it's just, there's a, it's, it's just, it didn't feel authentic. That's the thing. And it, the, the main problem that they had is that they did not have Kevin Smith involved in it. Yeah. I mean, he did do a animated series later based on clerks, which last didn't last a whole season. And, they burned off the episodes on like Comedy Central or something later, mm-hmm. but it it was it was actually funny, yeah. And and, and and you had the original actors doing the voices, so and but it didn't take itself to the point so seriously where it was like definitely in the same universe as the movie, and you knew that, and they didn't want you to think otherwise. You know, Jane and Silent Bob were they knew they were a cartoon, basically. You know, yeah. The um. <laughs> This, however, felt like a cartoon, even though it was live action. <laughs> That's just kind of how I felt about it. My name is Mike, as you know, just reminding you. This is Matt. How are you, Matt? Mm-hmm. Mike and David Ike. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> nope. No lizard people here. <laughs> that should be a good documentary called Mike and David Ike. And it's where we interview, we do a documentary about David Ike, but. It's not about any of like his conspiracy theory stuff. It's just like regular stuff he does throughout the day, he, like goes grocery shopping. And... We talked to him about his Edwards casting career. Yeah, that's the whole documentary. It's like there's not one mention of any of his books or 
We just ask him. So, so, so when you make a salad, what kind of dressing do you like? Um, <laughs> do you use dressing, or do you, you know? But <laughs> yeah, you like it's a fresh. Meat. Do you like cheese on hamburgers, or you know, do you like the Beatles or the Stones? Do you like? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Are you more of an in sync guy or a backstreet boy guy? Small <laughs> oh, surprising fact though. He likes ninety-eight degrees. Anyways, um <laughs> no reason why. Um Yeah. So okay, here's some trivia of the little bit of trivia we have for the uh for the greatness that was the clerk's unaired pilot. <laughs> Both Brian O'Hallorhan and Jeff Anderson, the actors who played Dante and Randall, respectively, in the original Kevin Smith film Clerks, auditioned for the role of Dante, both of them did, and were were not cast. (laughs) They passed on casting the original Dante as Dante. (laughs) Wow. That's, like, you're not Dante enough to be Dante, even though you are Dante. It's because they knew that it was going to be different than the movies when they needed an actor uh, you know play it down and then uh, yeah I just find it funny that Jeff Anderson also auditioned for Dante not for Randall oh wow, wow. <laughs> yeah um, this was filmed during the production of Kevin Smith's follow up film Mall Rats uh, Smith had no involvement in this attempt at a series um, the end credits is the song Can't Even Tell by Soul Asylum the music video for the song features uh, Dante and Randall from the movie. Um, this pilot was based on arguing with the band members if they could uh, beat them in a, in roof hockey. That was the original. You know, the, the song was in the original movie as well as the end of that, but they used it as the end credits for this as well. <clears throat> um, so uh, here is uh, here is the um, one of the um, reviews from the Cold from the annals of the internet movie data data base, whatever you want to call it. Is it data or data? Uh, I don't know, really. I do believe that everybody says data, even though it should be data. But they say data because of Star Trek The Next Generation. Probably, yeah. That's, that's my theory. Have to look into that someday. <laughs> or just live my life and not care. Anyways, um, okay, here is the Here's a five out of ten from uh, really yeah. This is from somebody named Champ Two Thousand. Well, it was a it was very cheap, a very cheap set, Saved by the Bell type sets. That's what uh, Brian Brian O'Hallorhan said. Um, I guess at one time, and it was horrible. Uh, they ditched Jay and Bob, added other recurring clerks like the Ice Cream Man, and then took everything good out of Clerks and added in plots that involved, like, people in the store talking about their lives and horrible lines like that. It was awful, and if you, you're you lucky, you can find the three minutes of footage running around the net somewhere. Now the whole thing is, by the way, this was written in 2006. <laughs> well, quote-unquote, lucky isn't really the right word. But yeah, after Miramax sold the rights to WB, WB then... S- then sold them out again for a sitcom. The sitcom was made into a pilot that Brian, Jeff, and Marilyn tried out for, got rejected. Horrible, horrible stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, why did they give it a 5 out of 10 then? I have no 
flew. I found a very detailed 3 out of 10 review, but again, it's very detailed, and I don't feel like reading all of it, so I'm not going to. <laughs> okay, so um, this is a 2 out of 10 from Sand Cooler. <laughs> I like that name. Um, anyways, uh, it was, uh, written on June 16th of 2015. Um, the pilot nobody wants you to see. I'm not quite sure how this would even work, but this sec- sitcom pilot was made without prior knowledge, let alone consent, of Kevin Smith. He did write and direct the movie this is supposedly based on, but informing him about this spinoff seemed a bridge too far. In all fairness, though, this is barely any has anything to do with the movie, which begs a lot of questions. Clerks was an underground hit, but is it really so famous that merely using its name gives gets you great ratings? And would uh, actual fans of the movie turn this off after five minutes, noticing that the only thing it has in common is a store setting and characters named Dante and Randall? <laughs> they don't even have Jay and Silent Bob. There are really only two quite fascinating things about this pilot. The constant waves of canned laughter after lines you didn't even identify as jokes, and the fact that SNL alums that SNL alumnus Jim Brewer is playing Randall. Apart from that, this might just be the longest half hour of your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they loved it, man. Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think it, it it's really hard to take a movie and turn it into a TV series. Yeah, there have been a lot of failed attempts, very few that actually worked. I mean, I can think of Mash, and I can think of Mash, <laughs> and Mash. Oh yeah, and Mash. See, I always thought that the Mash movie came out first before the show. It did. I think. Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, duh. Because that, that's yeah, you're talking about yeah, yeah. Okay, because I remember seeing that once. So I, I rented it from like the video store, and I was like, I was like, well, I thought Mash was a TV show, but then there's a movie called Mash. So then I watched it, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's definitely the same uh, story. Yeah, it's uh based on a book too. Oh okay. Yeah, there that uh that uh the um guy who wrote it, he served in a Mash unit or something, and uh. During uh, the Korean War, so he wrote a book based on it, his, his experiences. But yeah, I can't really think of any other TV shows that are based on movies that were really that good. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing something. There was probably one good one out there. Yeah. It's just, it's hard. And so I think it's kind of, you know, it's a hard bar to follow. I mean, when you're when you have a movie that is so respected and raised to that high of a level. Yeah. At that time. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard to make TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, it depends. I guess, you know, sometimes it's, it, it, it looks like it's being written by a 10-year-old, so... Um, yeah. Ah, oh, the Flash! Ah, oh, Laurie! You're not, Laugh track! You're not talking about Big Bang Theory, are you? No, 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 of course not, no. <clears throat> then you could always have, you know, I'll say something sexy and funny to a to a customer in, in our in our diner. <laughs> We're two broke girls, and <laughs> yep. Anyways, uh, I think that's about all I had to say on Clerks, the 
on your pilot. What about you? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, <clears throat> there's really not much more to say about it. I mean, it's pretty much that was it. You know, one pilot episode, you know, 21 minutes long. Over half of it was dedicated to let's spray paint the, the town's water tower like it's that 70s show, which came out three years later after this episode was filmed, which is interesting. Yeah. But, um, you know, I wonder if there's, if someone worked on that set or I don't know, it could have just been a coincidence, but, um, but I, I would not recommend watching this episode unless you've, you're just like studying like bad TV and like tropes and stuff like that. Or, um, how basically I think I'm going to title this episode, how not to make a sitcom <laughs> based on a movie. Um, or something. I don't know yet. We'll decide. <clears throat> we'll see. You'll read what I <clears throat> called it, folks, when you look at the little show notes. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, uh, should we just wrap things up here, Matt? Yeah, sure. Okay. So hopefully you'll join us again, folks. We love you, folks. Um, stay healthy out there. You know, wear a mask. It's not that hard. Just wear a fucking mask. <laughs> um, it's like you do, you know? We're gonna leave. I'm gonna leave some uh, links in the show notes to Matt's music, to uh, some uh, charities you can donate to to help out people. Um, I'm also gonna leave a link to this pilot as well if you want to watch. <laughs> you know, I mean, if if you have like 30 minutes of your life to waste, go ahead. You know, <laughs> right now we're we're we, we're supposed to be quarantining half the people in the world. You know, so. You know, maybe you can, you know, you, you watched everything on Netflix and Disney Plus, you know, go ahead and watch this, you know. Um, <laughs> alrighty. So until next time, bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com. Thank you.